Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to wherever you're listening to this podcast from. This is the Best Life Fresno Show. I'm your host, Chris Gray, and with me today, I have Molly Fagundis Johnston of Fagundis and Johnston Enterprises. And we've got a really great show lined up for you all as we get into Molly's background, where she got her start, how she got to where she is today, and what she can do for your nonprofit with her agency. So Molly, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Thanks. Uh, so your background, as you've described it to me, you actually got your start in agriculture, kind of transitioned into nonprofit healthcare fundraising, and now you've got your own agency. So let's go all the way back to the beginning. How, how and where did you get your start? So I was born and raised in um, Atwater, Merced County, and I grew up in one home, but I was born and raised on a ranch. Um, However, both my parents worked off site. So I had the unique opportunity to be active in 4-H and FFA. And what that entailed was um, a lot different for what life is like for our two young boys right now. We live in the city. We can walk to Clovis West. Um, we're never going to have 4-H or FFA animal projects where we live now. But what it looked like for me <laughs> was... Um, I had registered Hampshire as a breed of sheep. Um, so that was something that I got to do from the age of eight to the age of, you know, 18. And even though um, I didn't have the opportunity to go to grow up in a full production agriculture enterprise, I really got like a small glimpse of that. And the, Values of, you know, getting up early, having to care for something, learning budget. Um, that was something that was instilled in me at a very young age because my parents have 20 acres in Outwater, the McSwain area, um, a little over 16 acres of almond trees. And then the rest of the property allowed myself, my twin sister and younger sister to have animal projects. And we also farmed pumpkins and watermelons and, you know, there was hay every now and then. So both myself and my husband got to experience life on the farm when we were growing up. So then from the farm, where did you transition to? So I did have a, both my twin sister and my younger sister, we were both really active in 4-H and FFA and, um, that was really kind of like our day to day. We also did sports and other activities, but I really gravitated towards extracurricular activities that focused in the agriculture lane. And um, if you are familiar with FFA, it stands for Future Farmers of America. Um, I actually ran for state office my senior year in high school. I lost. And so that landed me at Fresno State. Um, ironically, all five members of my immediate family are Bulldog graduates. My, my parents actually met at Fresno State. My dad, you know, really active. He, he got to rodeo. He was on the football team, judged dairy cattle. Both him and my mom were active in Greek life. So for me, Fresno was really a no-brainer. I actually only applied to three different colleges, um, Fresno State, Chico, Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo. And I went to all three of those universities frequently in high school due to my involvement in FFA. And I landed at Fresno State because I received the Smith Camp Family Honor Scholarship. 
So it, it really was a no brainer um, receiving that scholarship. And then the Ag One, which is the foundation development arm for the College of Ag, they have a ton of resources and support for kids that want to pursue agriculture as a career. And so I landed at Fresno State fall of 2000 as a agriculture education communication major with a minor in ag business. That spring, I ran for state FFA office again. Um, I won that time. And so in California, when you serve as an FFA officer, you actually take a year off from school. So you and the team of six total individuals. At the time, we lived together in a home in Elk Grove. The current team, due to support and resources that they have found, there's now an FFA center in Galt. So that's where the current state FFA officer team lives. During my time, California FFA rented a home in Elk Grove. So Elk Grove was home base, and I spent a year traveling with five other individuals in the state of California, promoting agriculture education, learning more about the agriculture industry, and you know, really just sharing a program that definitely shaped where I'm at now and the development that I had as a young adult. Hey there, folks. I hope you're enjoying the Best Life Fresno podcast so far. Before we get too much further in, I want to take a moment to thank this episode's supporters. This episode is brought to you in part by the support of viewers like you. If you would like to support what I do here at Best Life Fresno, be sure to visit patreon.com slash bestlifefresno, all one word, patreon.com slash bestlifefresno. And also by Create-A-Pult. Create-A-Pult is a business strategy and marketing consulting firm serving the Fresno area, here to help you reach your business goals, whether you're a side hustler looking to make a few extra dollars each month or an established business looking to reach a lofty new goal. Create-A-Pult has got you covered. We analyze you and your business to create a personalized strategy for success. To find out more, visit linkedin.com slash company slash Create-A-Pult. That's C-R-E-A-T-A-P-U-L-T. Let's dream, launch, and grow together. Now back to the show. So you were actually traveling the state, what kind of monitoring, auditing other FFA like branches? Is that kind of what your job was at that level? That's, that's yeah, I would, I would put that in the mix. Um, what we did the year is, um, it's, kind of, it's kind of like having a strategic plan. And I'm sure it's like you with your podcast. Like you look at the 12 months, what goes on in 12 months. So the officer team gets elected in April. Most of them are high school seniors. I was not. I was a freshman at, at Bulldog Country at Fresno State. So in June the team officially gets together and we moved, everybody moved to Elk Grove where the home was. The summer months from June to August are spent traveling, putting on leadership conferences for FFA members in California, as well as the development of the state team. So the five other individuals that really became a family. Um, all six of us are in close contact to this day. We get together on an annual basis and I do see them regularly because most of us are involved in agriculture. So summer months are focused on the development of the team that you're a part of working with 
members across the state. And then once school starts, you do chapter visits. So you could name any town in California. And I probably have been in that county because from August to January, February, you do chapter visits. And that means that you become the teacher in the classroom and you're teaching a variety of subjects. As a team, we develop that content and that material. And then the weekends, you're at leadership conferences throughout the state. There's six regions in California. So that's how it's broken up as far as the different activities and events that take place. Okay. So you serve your year, you come back, you're in college now. It's a one-year commitment. Your year concludes, your term ends at the following state FFA conference. Um, But then you spend like April to June, you're back at those high schools for chapter banquets. Chapter banquets are the year-end celebration rewards that the kids from the chapters get. And you, we would attend and give a speech. That was our role at those events and acknowledge the efforts and achievements of the chapter and their students. Okay. So you've, you serve your time, you're back in college now. Uh, what, where did that take you from there? I would say that um, I continue to be active. I, I absolutely love Fresno state. I was very involved from, intramurals to clubs and activities within the College of Agriculture. I also got involved in student government. And my senior year, I served as the ASI student body president. So that lended itself to really getting a glimpse of higher education from a student perspective. By by default and by being student body president, I served on several committees that have community involvement, such as the Bulldog Foundation, the Alumni Association, the Foundation. So during my senior year, I got, I had the opportunity to meet individuals from the community that were very active in Bulldog life through those different organizations. I I graduated um, in May. um, So it really took me five years because I took that year off. And then I spent the summer, um, I am a half Portuguese, so I got a, um, it was a scholarship, it was like Chicano Studies, but part of their metrics, they include being Portuguese. So that's how I was able to slide into that program. So from, I graduated in May, uh, 1st of June to August, I was working at the time for Congressman Pombo. He is from the Lodi Stockton area and during my time in D.C., he also chaired the resources committee. So that was a, a really cool experience. I think if anyone has the opportunity to go back to our nation's capital, definitely eye opening, especially being there, you know, Fourth of July. Um, it, it was definitely a really cool experience. And so I finished that in August. They were looking for somebody to go back to one of the district offices, which was that Stockton Lodi area. And I, when I graduated, when I graduated Fresno State, for me, like, that was my Disneyland. I didn't think that life could get any better. And um, I had an opportunity to come back in a interim role as student activities and leadership development advisor. So to me, that was like the perfect fit. 
um, because I got to marry my involvement with campus activities, leadership development, and I was still on campus, which like I absolutely loved. Um, I can honestly say I spent more time out of the classroom than I did in the classroom. (laughs) (laughs) So um, that role put me as the face for Vintage Days. I was the advisor for Vintage Days. At the time, Fresno State had a leadership program. I was the advisor for that. And then Greek life was big. I think it still has a, you know, big setting at Fresno State. They divvied up several of the fraternities and sororities, and you were like the liaison from the student activities um, side. So it really was like, I was still a student wearing the advisor hat, um, which brought, you know, it's unique challenges because now I'm in like charge of these students when we would go places and do things, but I was still on campus. Um, So for me, I even got to marry my agriculture background because Farm Bureau has an event called Discussion Meet, and I've always been a big advocate. I actually won Discussion Meet in my collegiate years in California. And then I went on to win the national contest. So it was cool to like do these things as a student and then encourage other students to give it a shot. Um, I did that for nine months and then I got recruited by the Fresno state development, which is like the fundraising team to help raise funds for the Craig school of business as a assistant development advisor. So that hopefully answers your question. How did you go from, you know, just how did you land in this philanthropy world? (laughs) Right. Because you and I actually met through a mutual contact at your time at Valley Children's. And so I see this dramatic sweeping background in ag, lots of involvement at Fresno State. And I was like, how did she get here, how did she end up in this philanthropy fundraising world? And so, okay, that that makes sense. There's the connection. That's the uh, whatever you want to call it, the butterfly effect moment where that was the choice. Uh, so, talk to me about where that world started to lead you, the the fundraising philanthropy nonprofit world. So, my initial fundraising job that I got paid for was at Fresno State as an assistant director of development for the Craig School of Business. Ironically, I was involved in a lot of development activities as an undergraduate student because I was student body president. So they would have the current student body president attend different fundraising activities. As an example, this is what your support can do. This is the outcome. By investing in Fresno State, by investing in the College of Agriculture, we have students like Molly that reap the benefits of you ultimately writing a check. Um, So when I (laughs) switched sides and was doing that for the Craig School of Business, it's kind of ironic when you think about it, because at the time, I was not a product of the Craig School of Business, right? I was an agriculture graduate. Um, (laughs) You know, fast forward, like, fast forward 15, 16 years, I did get a executive MBA from the Craig School of Business. So to me, that's kind of neat how it eventually made full circle. Um, so yeah, they, they made sure they got their appropriate label with you, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Um, and 
like my husband and I, we support Fresno State in a variety of ways now. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely proud to be an ag graduate. My executive MBA degree was in a different space in life. I was still, you know, single. I didn't have any children. So going through that program, um, it was a lot different from my undergraduate experience because like I shared as an undergraduate, I spent more time out of class than in class. That was definitely not the case doing an executive MBA program. You had to go to class. <laughs> um, but to answer your question, like, you know, agriculture, philanthropy, after I did my role at Fresno State for um, about a year, and I really just started missing agriculture. Like that was home for me. It was a natural fit going back to my roots and just sharing how I grew up. So to summarize my ag experience, I did work for some major um, ag businesses that really fell in that animal agriculture lane. So think of like you going to a vitamin shop, but for animal agriculture, because um, livestock, they actually eat a lot better than most humans when it comes down to diet <laughs> choice and selection. And um, we talk about a lot about sugar with um, especially our three and a half year old. So um, my agriculture experience landed me working for companies like Lando Lakes and Syngenta, which are two major agriculture corporations where I got to learn about like the co-op model. Um, and I loved it. I mean, I love being able to wear um, boots and jeans and ag my experience with agriculture relationships and agriculture relationships with business. It's just different. I mean, you talk to people and it's like, how are the kids? Where are you going for vacation? Um, and you're definitely interested in, you know, milk production. Um, what are you paying for? Hey, where are commodities at? And things just kind of become um, full circle without you even knowing about everything that you're talking about. And that was how I grew up, right? Even though my parents both worked offsite, my dad has almost 50 years with foster farms. He's with the foster commodity side. My mom worked in education and retired as an assistant superintendent. So now I can see how both of their influences impact where and what I'm doing today. But to answer your question, Chris, my agriculture experience was really multifaceted from being born and raised on a small ranch to working for corporate mega agriculture. I absolutely loved it. At Lando Lakes, I still stayed in touch with co colleagues from Fresno State. And I, I really can say that that's been like a constant theme from Fresno State. There are people to this day that I met when I was 18 years old that now they're coming over for dinner. They know my husband. They know that we have two young boys. So that's always been important to me is the, the relationship component. And that is why I love agriculture and why philanthropy entered back in the scene in 2016. Um, I worked at Lando Lakes and I stayed in touch with Rob Saroyan, who is now the president of Valley Children's Healthcare Foundation. And when I was at Fresno State raising funds for the Craig School of Business, he was raising funds for Save Mart Center. So 
a lot of donors in the Valley, they don't just give to one thing. They support Catholic Charities, Community Medical, St. Agnes, Valley Children's. So Rob and I stayed in touch and um, I was in a really unique role at Lando Lakes that I loved. I was commuting from Fresno to Tulare, but I was with dairy producers on a daily basis and it was a really just special fit for where I was at that time in my life. And Rob and I stayed in touch and he just shared what his plans and vision was for the foundation and the team. And um, it was an opportunity for me to marry both agriculture and philanthropy. And that's how Rob and I discussed the opportunity of coming back. Rob recognized the fact that you're from agriculture, you're comfortable in this lane. Agriculture industry supports our valley, supports our community. They support our hospital and our network. You know, he, he shared, like, I love hats and, like, the opportunity to wear different hats. And he shared, hey, you, you could wear this hat for us. And so I landed with Valley Children's in November of two, 2016 as a major gift officer. And so that's how I connected with um, one of your friends, Sandy Seti, at the time, was in charge of the guilds, the guilds at Valley Children's um, actually built the hospital almost 70 years ago with five young women. So um, Sandy and I met during her time at Catholic Charity. So it just goes back to the relationship, you know, which is something that um, I have always been most interested in. Right. So now, you you served some time at Valley Children's, and then now you're obviously with Fagundis and Johnston Enterprises, which is your own thing. So let's talk about how did that entity come into existence? So I actually left Valley Children's, and my last day was um, kind of funny. It was April Fool's Day, so the team was like, you're really not leaving us, you know, because I, I love Valley Children's. I love the mission. Um, our family has a personal story there. We have two young boys and our little guy. He was saved there at two months. He ended up in the PICU, and so I, I know firsthand how Valley Children's saves lives. It impacts families. Um, I was with a family last Friday who lost a child um, over a year ago. And every year for Brixton's birthday, they have a birthday party and they donate all those toys to Valley Children's. Um, Stephanie, the mom, we grew up together. And so she reaches out to me. I still have those solid relationships at Valley Children's. The social work team gets involved. The child life team gets involved. And Stephanie's family is able, they filled up, um, it was a big trailer and a truck with enough toys that will carry Valley children to almost Christmas time. So I just share that because um, it, was a, it was a hard decision to leave. And the reason I left is because um, our boys are little, they're young, um, I just really wanted the opportunity to kind of do my own thing and have flexibility. So I worked for um, a startup very briefly. Um, and at the time, 
and still to this day, I still have these relationships from Valley Children's, from Lando Lakes, from Syngenta, from Fresno State. And I love how your um, podcast is all about like the best life in Fresno. Um, Cause the best life is really what we, you know, a determine, but a lot of people are able to live their best life because there are people and nonprofits out there that make that a reality. So I definitely have my favorite nonprofits that I work with. And now that I have Fagundis and Johnston enterprises, I'm able to work with those and their missions that I'm aligned with. Um, and my husband and I, we are very intentional about who we support, when we support, and why we decide to, um, I want to say write a check. But when you really think about philanthropy and fundraising, you'll hear time, talent, and treasure. And I, I was just on the phone yesterday with a board member um, from a, a well-known nonprofit in town. And, you know, there are certain individuals that will never be able to write a check like the wonderful company. You're not going to see these individuals' names on a building or in an office, but these individuals can give their time. And time is priceless. I mean, for me, it really is the best gift that you do have. And so I have been able to see people invest time, talent, and treasure and the outcomes um, are really amazing. Um, and I, I've seen that from my days as a student at Fresno State, but it really started at a, you know, a much younger age. Being on the ranch and the farm, my parents have always written checks and supported organizations that were aligned with who they were. Um, and they did that with their time, with their talents and with their treasure. So for me, it really has come full circle. And now with Fagundis and Johnston Enterprises, um, we have the, the motto, Growing Good Things. There are a ton of nonprofits in the Valley doing really good work. And the budgets look a lot different than what I was a part of at Valley Children's. And so everybody has different needs, we all have different strengths and weaknesses and being able to really do um, like a deeper dive and work with people, which is what I love all about relationships. Um, it's been just like the ultimate fit for where I feel my strengths and gifts are. Well, that's great. And I've actually never heard the phrasing for time, talent and treasure. So thank you for that. That's actually like a really ed educational piece of this. Um, when you're doing your work now with, with, uh, Fagundis and Johnston, what is it that you can help other agencies with? What, what's the main goal that you're looking to do when you, you sat down with a client now? So the goal is really dependent on where the organization is at and what they are trying to accomplish. So I'll just give a couple examples. I mean, I've been doing this Fagundis and Johnston Enterprises um, for like a little over a month. And so the groups that I have been working with, um, I'm not going to say the organization's names because some of what I have been working with them on have not been launched completely. So um, I don't want to, you know, breach 
confidentiality, but you know, what organization wants to launch a capital campaign? And so I have had experience in capital campaigns. So the meetings that I have had with this organization, um, what I love, it's like putting a puzzle together. So I meet with the executive director and then I get to meet with the board and the program officers and the volunteers. And so with this specific nonprofit, they want to launch a capital campaign. They need help putting together a group of volunteers. They are looking for the overall strategy and timeline and they want a a go to market approach. And so I'm able to sit down with them and, um, you know, it doesn't happen in a one hour meeting. It really is like the development process. It's building a relationship. It's building, it's building a puzzle. So that is one example of what a local nonprofit is looking to do. They need help with a capital campaign. Um, and my experience in capital campaigns um, allow me the opportunity to just sit with them and listen. Um, one thing that I try to do a better job of and that, you know, we share regularly with our three and a half year old is like two ears, one mouth. Um, so I try to practice that in my work now, because even though I have a variety of experiences with nonprofits, um, some of these nonprofits, I've never utilized their services. So if I'm really able to align myself with them and partner with them, I need to get, you know, I need to walk in their shoes. I need to like see life in their glasses. And so some of these nonprofits, especially with COVID, I mean, it's wild to me. Um, I was at a, a nonprofit two weeks ago and just, I got to see firsthand how COVID practices like still impact life to this day. And being at Valley Children's, I saw that, you know, in healthcare, like extreme and to be a private business owner now and experience that with another nonprofit, it was just like, wow, it, it was eye open. Um, so I share that with you because, um, like agriculture, like philanthropy, I think um, every day is different, like different in the sense that, and it's probably like you, like launching, you know, your podcast in Fresno. One day you can focus on like the best of Fresno with athletics or the best of Fresno with nonprofits. And I know that bringing me here today to share my experience and interest um, especially with nonprofits, when I think of like the best of Fresno and nonprofits, I think of my time at Valley Children's Healthcare, the work that Catholic Charities does, Make a Wish and their team. And um, 20% of all Make a Wish awardees are terminal, but all of their references and referrals come from Valley Children's. All right. So I'm not familiar with the term capital campaigns. Could you maybe walk me through what the the quick highlight is of a capital campaign and and how it works in the nonprofit space? Sure. So we probably could have a whole nother podcast on like, what is a capital campaign? But (laughs) if I was going to do Cliff Notes version, a capital campaign is a targeted approach to meeting a specific goal over a certain period of time. So for example, the best of Fresno 
podcast wants to raise $1 million in seven months to focus on resources for young students interested in launching their own podcast. Okay. That, that helps. That makes perfect sense, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Now you having had such a broad uh, background in ag and nonprofits, you surely have to have some of your favorites, but I also hear that you have a really great story about what you did with some of your favorites. So why don't you tell me a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, So if you look at the logo for Fagundis and Johnston Enterprises, Growing Good Things, um, established 2018. Domenico and I got married in 2018, July 20th, and we were older when we got married. Um, And so in lieu of registering for towels and sheets, which um, I'm not against, but we just didn't go that route. What we did as a couple, we selected, and this was an opportunity for people to support what's important to us. We picked three charities that we support and we will continue to support going forward. And those are, at the time I was with Valley Children's, so we specifically chose the Spiritual Services Support Program. A second one that we chose was Catholic Charities And the third organization that we chose was Right to Life of Central California. And so our guests, in lieu of giving us a gift, we encourage them to give a gift to one of those organizations. Or if they weren't aligned or wanted to support one of those organizations, then to choose an organization that was near and dear to their heart and to support that nonprofit. So that's the route that we went. Um, you know, the time I was involved in philanthropy, like I said, we were older when we got married. And so those nonprofits are very near and dear to our heart. Um, ones that we support and are involved with today, um, make a wish. I'm sure, you know, most are aware of make a wish. Um, I learned at Valley Children's that all referrals for make a wish, um, kids, they all come from Valley Children's. And so being involved with oncology and the different programs at Valley Children's, um, that one has become close to my to my heart. Um, I really like what Pregnancy Care Center is doing. I love the materials that they send out. Um, UCP is, uh, I'm looking at my, my list. Um, UCP is another one. Um, really like Roger and Kelly and the team over there. Um, and the, the work that they do, um, all of the healthcare networks, St. Agnes community medical center. Um, if you're in the Valley, you're going to land at one of those. Um, I haven't done any work with, you know, Kaiser's a different model from those institutions. Um, we are supporters of the zoo um, I kind of joke that I live in a boy zoo and, you know, some days we actually end up at the real zoo. Um, so the zoo needs support as well. Um, and having a young family, you know, for us, it's been like a great outlet, whether we last an hour or four hours, we always have a good time. Um, the zoo is big for us. And then I'm also involved, um, in a group called pink and that's philanthropy inspired, um, by the needs in your community, they have a really cool story um, that may be something that you want to like do a deeper dive into. 
but pink is a group of women that pick a nonprofit every year and they throw a massive event. And, um, this year, for example, they wrote a $120,000 check to a, a local nonprofit. So I am part of that group. I still think it's important to maintain activity, um, and continue development. And I do that today by being involved in pink. Um, our family is really active at Holy Spirit Catholic church. And I recently joined downtown rotary. So I love how I'm able to capitalize on my gifts, my strengths, my weaknesses, and, um, you know, hopefully do some good for the community of Fresno. Absolutely. And those are all really great organizations. And I got to say, we have a lot of the same feelings about the zoo in particular. I've got two little ones here at home. And uh, most days, I'm not sure that we brought the right children home so much as we brought a couple of monkeys back with us. Um, <laughs> but they, they love it. We love it. And it's it's always a good time. Now, moving forward, what's got you excited at Fagundis and Johnston? What has me excited? Yeah, I, no, I like that question. Um, I kind of like at the end of every night, we always asked our, our little guy when we, when we say bedtime prayers, like, what was your favorite thing about today? Um, and that's fun, like seeing life through uh, the eyes of a three-year-old. Um, but what has me most excited today? Um, I go back to what I initially shared, how I get to choose who I want to work with. And there have been some groups that um, have said, hey, we want somebody to do grants. And I have been involved with grants at Valley Children's, not state or federal grants, but private family foundation grants. And I can definitely help put a proposal together. I can get them going on the right track. But as far as like the actual writing and content, I know that that is not one of my greatest strengths. I know people that definitely fit the bill for that. So I'm excited that I get to choose the work that I want to do when I want to do it. And um, because we have launched Fagundis and Johnston Enterprises, um, Growing Good Things, I shared off like 10 different nonprofits that are near and dear to my heart. Um, and there's no way I'm going to have capacity or time for us to work with all of them. So I have to be very strategic. And um, every day I, I write the word down, focus. Like how, how am I being focused with this specific account, with this specific project? And um, continuing that, I use puzzle as an analogy a lot because I feel that with every individual and nonprofit that I'm working with, it's, it's literally putting a puzzle together. And we do puzzles a lot with, uh, we try to do them with our, our three-year-old. And um, for me, it's just such a great analogy, you know, like going back to your, it, it ties in really to everything that we talked about. Like you asked about a capital campaign. I could put together a puzzle for a capital campaign. Um, the zoo, you could tell me like your kids' favorite parts of the zoo and they're probably gonna be different from ours, right? So it's just like, putting that puzzle together gets me excited about every day. Um, and it's so reflective of the agriculture industry, which is how this conversation started. Um, 
my involvement when people hear 4-H and FFA, they automatically think like livestock and showing at fairs. And when I share my experience, you know, granted, I did tell you that I raised Hampshire sheep, but I gravitated more towards the leadership development, the public speaking, the communication days. So I, I got to wear so many different hats and it definitely has given me the opportunity to, you know, spend time with you today and um, share some of the, the good things going on, like for myself, but really when you think about it for Fresno and the community. Well, that's fantastic. Now, Molly, you've had such an incredible life to this point. Your mission is fantastic. I'm so like awed at what you've been able to achieve and, and where your company is headed right now. But the one thing that puts us all on the same level is this one question that I end the show with, and that is, what is your one tip for somebody in the Fresno area? Could be a favorite hole-in-the-wall place to eat, could be a favorite trick you've learned about navigating Shaw Avenue at rush hour, whatever it is that you've got, what's your one tip that you would leave this audience with today? This is a fun one, Um, because I think that, like, the cool thing is the best of Fresno, you really don't know who's going to be on this podcast a year from now, right? Or even a month from now, but you want to include the best of Fresno. So my best of Fresno for this area was like a total God thing. It was totally random. Our family was on a walk and we run into someone who had a classic car. And my husband is like super into cars. So they have a great conversation. And it turns out this individual, he is a family business owner. He's second generation and now his son is involved and I had never heard of the place before. And this happened a year ago. Um, It will be a year next month in September. And so he told me the, the business that he owned. And so the next day they were open. I went there, I checked it out. And that place is Ashland and first Renna's Meat Market is my go-to, my all-time favorite place to get a ribeye. Um, We get pig ears for our dog, Big Red. Um, They have the best cheddar cheese, and I never would have found out about that place if we didn't run into Joe, whose real name is Joseph, and that is the name of our oldest son. So um, in my opinion, that is like the best of Fresno meat to get. I go there almost like every Monday, sometimes twice a week. I love that place. And how I tell people about it is you can buy one piece of bacon or you can buy 10 pounds of bacon. They have meat packs. Um, Ryan's my guy. He's totally awesome, super helpful. I take both boys in there and uh, we're still invited back on a regular basis. Um, They have like a soda machine. You have to have 75 cents for a Coke. So I always make sure that we have change. Um, But that is like, that place is my jam. When it comes to buying meat, um, that's where we land. Rena's Meat Market. Go meet Ryan. (laughs) I'm going to have to check that out then. Thanks for that tip. Now, if somebody's looking to get in touch with you, uh, be it for the nonprofit agency or perhaps has another opportunity for you, uh, how would would they do that? How do people get a hold of you or how do they find what you're working on? So we have a website that is um, almost in the the final stages. Um, LinkedIn has been like a really good connector. I don't know if that has been helpful for you in launching your new venture. Um, 
like agriculture and farming, I feel nonprofit is like really small. And so people know each other, especially in the Valley and the best opportunities that have happened over the course of a month have been like, Hey, you should reach out to Molly. She's doing her own thing. Uh, remember Molly from Valley children's or remember Molly from Fresno state or Lando lakes. So word of mouth has been super helpful. Um, I try to gravitate towards like the non-traditional ways to connect, um, which would be like a personal letter. Um, I've always been big on cards and notes. Um, and to this day, that's big for me personal and professionally. But to answer your question, uh, we do have a website. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'll make sure you have our logo and contact for, I don't know if you're, you know, posting individuals in there. Um, details, you know, post site, or I'll make sure you have that though. Yeah, we'll 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 be sure to get you linked up and and get everything out there. It's been a genuine pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today, uh, and I hope to follow up with you uh, in the coming months or years and and see where Fagundis and Johnson has taken Fresno and Fresno County to. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. Thanks. I hope you all enjoyed this episode of the Best Life Fresno podcast. Again, thank you to the supporters of this show, viewers and listeners like you, and Creatapult. If you want more of Best Life Fresno, be sure to find us wherever you watch or listen so you can like, comment, and subscribe. Leaving us a five-star review helps out a lot, but the greatest gift you can give the show right now is to tell your friends about us. We'll see you next time on the Best Life Fresno podcast.